Hello everybody and welcome to the Creatokia podcast. My name is Videl and I'm the global head of audio at Bookwire. This is a new podcast about digital publishing through the lens of NFTs, crypto and blockchain, where every week we dive into this new and fast moving world, looking at how authors and publishers can take their first steps in creating digital originals and NFTs. So today I'm joined by Carsten. Uh, Hi Carsten. Hi, hello. How are you doing today? Fine. Uh, we don't have John or Jens, our two co-founders, so it's you and me doing our show with a very special guest. And Carsten, shall we just introduce him? Shall I just go ahead? Yes, go ahead. Let's do it. I'm very happy to introduce today's guest, who is Peter Bowles. Um, Peter will be talking to us about his work in the NFT world and specifically around, well, he has a lot of PR experience. So I think we thought it would be super interesting to talk to him about some of his um, NFT projects that he's involved with, in particular galleries and all kinds of other things. But hi, Peter, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm very good. Thank you. Great to have you. Thanks so much for joining us today on our Creatokia podcast. Uh, you're in the UK, right? Yeah, that's right. I'm just sort of near Southampton, so Great. Um, yeah. Great to have you. You've got a fascinating background, and I think each of our guests have come with different kind of experiences and focuses, and I think you obviously have a real focus on the PR side of NFTs. And just in a few words, or just tell us a little bit about your background, I think it would be really interesting to hear about how you got into NFTs and your background in PR, what you did, and what kind of brought you to this point of starting to work in NFTs, and we'll take it from there. So we just love to hear about how you got into the whole thing. Well, yeah, my primary background is in public relations, and I've I've been in PR for about 20 years, and I've I've done PR for lots of the big tech companies that you'll know. So Microsoft and Nintendo, Google, uh, the original Apple iPhone I launched. So I have a very sort of broad background in, in technology. Um, and then NFTs are something that I've got into more recently. So I've just launched NFT Gallery, which is called nftarts.co.uk. And um, I get lots of interest in that. And that's how you guys found me, I think. Yeah. And so tell us more about the gallery. Tell us the background. What's it doing? Yeah, well, I I kind of felt that there was a need in the industry for a gallery that could kind of operate in two ways. So in one respect, showcasing NFTs and, and working for sort of NFT natives, but also in a secondary way, trying to connect traditional artists who are just getting started and they want to create NFTs and giving them a, a gallery that they could go to as well. So it's it's working in two kinds of ways, which is quite, I sort of see it as a bridge between the traditional art world and the NFT world, really. And how long has that been going, Peter? So it's been going just about a year and I, I get inquiries every day. I got an inquiry from... Uh, Vogue Japan the other day and um, yeah it's just it's interesting how it's taken off so and if you are bridging there the um, let me say the physical artwork of, of artists and the digital art of NFT art are there any examples where maybe physical and digital art are transferring from one to the other or how do I have to understand um, 
Well, I, th- I think one of the artworks in the industry that's quite interesting, which I don't own, but the Damien Hirst, The Currency. The Currency, yes, that's excellent. That's that's a clever idea because you get the choice. If you don't know about this one, you can choose to either keep a physical Damien Hirst or keep it as a NFT token. And I I think what you'll see is uh, lots of people want to keep the NFT token. Yeah, maybe we have to explain to our listeners what it is uh, all about. I think most of the people might know who Damien Hirst is. But he has done a very, very good uh, solution of thinking about NFTs and real art, if we want to say it like this, by doing this currency, which is really made like a traditional currency with a hologram and everything on this piece of art. And you can buy this piece of art and then can decide whether you take the piece of art or you take the NFT, which is uh, related to this. So I think this is a perfect idea of understanding NFT and art. Yeah, absolutely. It's a very interesting project. And have you good experiences with being this bridge, what you what you were talking about, getting regular artists into the world of NFTs? I tried to make sure on NFT arts, I was explaining quite carefully, you know, what the, the reason for the gallery is and trying to make it sort of quite understandable that that this was trying to explain what NFTs actually are. Because I'm conscious that whilst, you know, people like ourselves, we might be quite into NFTs and be that much further in the journey. But there's there's other people that are just sort of starting out and they're going, well, what, what on earth is this? What is the point of an NFT? And um, so within NFT arts, I've I've got a few exhibitions that explain right these are collectibles or these are other nfts you know proper works of art i've tried to spend a bit of time explaining the difference there so so what is your understanding of your role being this kind of intermediary between the artists and uh, possible buyers for these artworks yeah i suppose the objective of the gallery really was to have a really nice online gallery that would start to sort of bridge that gap with the real world. And what I've found is by having a really nice digital gallery, that's opened uh, opened up the way for other people to get involved with the gallery. So I, I get contacted all the time by artists who want to be part of it. And that's, yeah, that's basically how the gallery has been set up. So you try to to have good art on your website and to help people who are interested in NFTs getting proper art because they are going to NFT arts instead of just going to OpenSea where maybe fake exhibitions are online and, and, and so on. Yeah, absolutely. I try and keep everything quite clear online. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and can you imagine that maybe from your learnings that there is something we can provide to to our listeners who are coming from the book industry so a lot of our listeners are for example authors do you have any advice how to bring books onto a platform like you are bringing art onto nft arts instead of just putting them onto OpenSea, for example do you have any learnings yeah i, f- I think books are re- really interesting could be a future 
sort of big format of NFTs as well, as well as music and music videos. And I think anywhere where you're creating content, you know, can be turned into an NFT. For example, on um, NFT Arts, we've got a photographer who's been and met Steve Jobs and Tim Cook and Elon Musk and people like that. And he's just got this great photography, but he never turned it into an NFT before. So we, we've worked with him to get his, um, photography onto the gallery. And I think the same will sort of happen with books as well, that there's, you know, and especially if, if you want to do something a bit special with a book or a bit intriguing, you might have seen that Quentin Tarantino, was taking the scripts to his um, Pulp Fiction and he was turning them into secret NFTs, which uh, I thought was kind of really cool. So, you know, if if you can attract the... You might be a small publisher wanting to create and sell NFTs or, or you might be someone that's already got some great content and material. Yeah, and in this case, I was very interested in this case from Quentin Tantino, and I got to learn um, the secret blockchain technology behind that. So it was very interesting for me, but it is more or less easy for someone like Quentin Tantino to say, I have something what nobody else has, and I want to to provide it as an NFT. So if you are talking about this guy, um, the photographer you were talking about, and you try to turn his piece of art his photographies into nfts have you any ideas or specialities how to say this is not only the jpeg so to say from the photography but you have some benefits which you only can have with an nft yeah i haven't included other material with those photographs i've just kept them as they are but i think one of the things that you can do is is when you mint an NFT, one of the things that you can do is add in a lot more content in the descriptions of your individual NFTs. So one of the things I did with that particular photography was the journalists who took them had quite a lot of a, a lot of text that could go with them. So in the descriptors to the uh, NFTs, there's like a whole article there that really sort of uh, gets you kind of behind the scenes look into how the photo got taken so great idea and it is integrated into the photography in the meta descriptions and all these meta informations or is it uh, more like unlockables well in this case it, it was in the metadata but i agree with you it, it could be content that's unlockable when you buy it so so you got both those options there really And I think you can think quite creatively around how you're going to use unlockable content or metadata. I mean, it's all there for you to add extra layers and to your artwork or your book or what have you. You can include like, you know, if you're doing a, a book as an NFT, you could include a lot more in the blurb in the metadata, for example. 
Yeah, great idea. Do you have uh, more ideas like like this? This is a very, very good idea. We have, um, for, for us at Creatokia, we have unlockables for every NFT we are selling. So if you buy an NFT on our platform in the moment, um, we have the Eternal Masterpiece Collection, where, for example, you get an artwork inspired by a piece of uh, literature. So, for example, The Raven is one piece from Edgar Allan Poe, and then you have a narration by a famous artist, in this case it's uh, Ajoando, and you can download the narrated file as an MP3. You can have several other unlockables, which you can get from our website. So it's not included in the NFT, but you have to go to our website with your MetaMask in this case, log in, and um, then you can download these things. So it's a good idea from from you to have these informations within the photography and the metadata. So are you doing similar things with the artwork on NFT art, for example? Are there any unlockables or is the art standing for its own? Um, well, at the moment, the art's just standing for its own, um, in fairness. But I do think it sounds to me that you're using NFTs in a very creative way with your unlockable content. And um, I think that's something that sh should be really uh, encouraged to think quite creatively about how you're actually using your NFTs. Yeah, thanks for that. A very prominent name I have found in your uh, informations here has been the Satoshi. So can you tell us a bit about the Satoshi collection? What was the idea behind that? And what is integrated in, in this collection from you? Yeah, I've I've had quite a lot of interest on people sort of saying, why is it called the Satoshi collection? And uh, I Vogue Japan just asked me, like, why is it named after a Japanese person? And uh, I've had to sort of go back and explain Satoshi being the creator of Bitcoin. Have you met him <laughs> or her? We all don't know. Huh? Yeah, we we don't know who he is, although I personally think he probably is Nick Zabo. So one of the hash masks that I have in my collection is is named Nick Zabo. So I'm like, I'm hoping the truth comes out one day and... Finally, we all go, yeah, we all knew, knew it's Nick Zabo. So, yeah. um, so, uh, so I'm hoping in my collection, it's sort of, I've got a hash mask that reveals Satoshi and I, I put the price up on it so that it's, so you have to pay 21 ether, a bit like the 21 million bitcoins. Okay. So maybe we can switch a bit from art to your other profession. So you are doing PR. And if I'm right informed, um, it's focused on Web3 and NFT projects. So what is your main work there? Yeah, so I've worked in PR a long time. And I've had lots of experience with particularly sort of consumer technology clients. So that is working with Nintendo working with on Google and people like that. I've obviously, like uh, yourselves, you know, become really interested in the technology for uh, NFT art. And so in the end, I've sort of felt, well, there should be a PR agency that really does represent Web3 and is taking on clients that uh, create some brilliant NFTs. So I've just set up, literally launched it in the past two months, uh, a new agency which is called Heist PR. And Heist, we are specifically more geared towards Web3 clients. 
And, and we've signed some great clients already, but quite an interesting one that just signed last week is called Nebula 41. And they've got a website where you can actually create AI NFTs and you type in a word and it will auto automatically generate a piece of artwork based on the word that you enter. But it's not minted yet. It's only the creation of the artwork. It, it creates it and then you can choose to mint the artwork afterwards if, if you like it. So that that's a really interesting platform. That That's something that... I'm working on at the moment. So maybe we can mix uh, some of these ideas from Creatokia. We have a lot of words. <laughs> so maybe we can integrate not really a whole book, but some kind of poet or whatever kind of information as words and see how AR is doing art out of that. Yeah, you could definitely put in some book titles or chapter yeah. titles and see see what it comes up with. And then you could then take that artwork and connect it to your books, which might work quite quite well. So. Great idea. Thanks. And are there often kind of works from, from the PR work um, where you have to help your clients by dealing with questions on the typical questions for NFTs. So why is the carbon footprint uh, as it is? Or what kind of blockchain are you using? Or these some kind bad feelings with NFTs, like just the the fake art going onto OpenSea for a lot of money. Are you dealing with these problems as well? Yes, we are a bit. We're obviously, we're brand new as a PR agency. So we don't get asked those questions too much. But there there are people often ask the question about the environmental impact. That's something that within NFT Arts we've, we've looked at and we're using quite a good platform called Aerial.is. And that actually is a platform that you can run your crypto wallet through and it will tell you what you need to pay in terms of a carbon offset for your wallet. And so that's something on NFT Arts we've managed to mitigate through uh, using that. And so that works quite well. So we are doing that as well because it's the only thing we can do in the moment. So we are looking forward to see whether we can integrate other blockchains to be less stressful in the meaning of the carbon footprint. But in the moment, we have an Ethereum-based uh, product, so we need to pay off, as, as you said. So I noted just down so we can add it to the show notes um, if anybody is interested in that. It's called Aereo.is. Was that right? Yeah, that's right. Okay, perfect. Thanks for that. So have you an idea um, or an opinion on, on which blockchain you would start new projects today? So if you are... Um, talking to your clients, they might have the question from the point of view for the carbon footprint, for example, where are they putting their NFTs on? Is it Ethereum? Is it Polygon? Is it Solana or something completely different? Yeah, I had a conversation earlier today with a website called A Million on Mars, and they launching out on Solana. And I, I think, you know, that the, there's quite a few people where they may have set up the first generation of NFTs that they're doing all through Ethereum. And then they start to look around and go, okay, well, maybe there's other blockchains out there that are better ecologically. And they start to look into the pros and cons. I mean, I, I quite like Cardano as a, a group and as a, 
a token. But more often people are telling me that they're looking to move to Solana or, or Cosmos, uh, one of these other blockchains. But there's there's a lot of them about and you just have to look at what what the pros and cons are and if it's going to work for you, for your your NFTs. Have you had a chance to look into a secret because we were talking about Quentin Tarantino? Have you an idea about that and an opinion? Yeah, I've, I've well, I've been invested in secret for a couple of years. I've got a friend of mine who's very into secret and sort of thinks that everything they're doing is really dynamic and groundbreaking. And I, I just like with secret tokens, there is some great potential and you can have artworks that very slowly build or artworks that even sort of decay like traditional canvases. And there's so much within secret NFTs that could be uh, really huge. So that's a project that I keep my eye on quite a lot, yeah. Strange idea to hear from the NFT that there is something like an artwork which is disappearing, if I got it right. Is it? Yeah, you could do that. And I, I think someone would try that out. And I've, I think that could be, you know, really quite, quite impressive down the line. But yeah, I see your point. Actually, then having an artwork that disappears itself, it would be a little bit like the Banksy that shredded itself, I suppose. So. Yeah, I got these ideas from a colleague of mine. He is deep into um, Forgotten Runes, where you get so pixel pixel art of uh, wizards and figures out of this uh, Forgotten Rune realm. And there has been an event where you can burn your witches, for example, and then you got something back. And if you have been lucky, you got something good back. And if you have not so much luck, then maybe you just get yellow dust or whatever <laughs> so the the artwork itself was disappearing so to say but this was piece of this uh, process and, and of this idea um, what you are talking about is that i'm creating an artwork where i say from the beginning this artwork will disappear over the next two months or two years so they are putting it inside of the smart contract i i imagine Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I'm quite fascinated by the idea with NFTs that you can just burn your NFT and get rid of it. And one, one idea I had, I haven't really put it into place yet, but I had this idea that you could have, um, twin NFTs and I sort of called them pyro twins. And what you could do is you could make both of them look the same as twins. And maybe you have one that's like got a sort of red scarf and one with a blue scarf or something like that. And then you could gift one of the NFTs to someone and then give them the option whether they burn the NFT or whether they keep it. And then depending on what they do, you know, you could be left with either the twin card or you're left with the only one of that particular character so i've sort of had these ideas you might be able to do that with books as well sort of give people the chance to do a sort of book burning of sorts you know <laughs> nice idea in the meaning of these twins but with books I, i don't want to talk about book burning but there are ideas for example if you are collecting complete season like you have it with with series with tv series you can or i can imagine to have one book from 
I don't know. Today it's it's not yet revealed, but as we are done with the recording, you will see there is a new Eternal Masterpiece and this one is from Arthur Conan Doyle and it's uh, a Sherlock Holmes, story of Sherlock Holmes. And there are a lot of stories from Sherlock Holmes. So um, I can imagine to have one Sherlock Holmes and if I'm collecting more and have for example 10 of these then maybe there might be an additional one being revealed or getting me yeah like like an airdrop or something so um, you can put some logic in collecting these things and the idea of having a twin and then decide what one twin is doing will happen to the other twin is a nice idea if i'm collecting these books and i give one of these as a present to a colleague of mine and he is doing something with that maybe we can yeah learn from each other or build something up from the the possessments from the other one i think sherlock holmes is a really great example because there's so many different chapters and books and i'm listening to the audio book with uh, stephen fry yeah, at the moment which is just great um but yeah I'd, i never realized how many different stories and volumes there are there's hours and hours of of this sorry audible file you know but there's I've, i think that's a great example because there's so many different books and chapters you could be trading them for ages so. yeah i'm not sure where, who is narrating sherlock holmes in in this episode from us so we are taking an, an excerpt out of the book it's not the whole audiobook it's just an excerpt where we say this is a very strong a piece of this book and then it's narrated and I think in this case from Simon Kello who has a perfect voice for narrating these stories as well. Oh yeah. Yeah, a colleague of mine told me that Stephen Fry is perfect for Sherlock Holmes. So, I'm listening to Sherlock Holmes in a German audiobook um, version, maybe I have to look it up with Stephen Fry. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you have um, any yeah, idea where all this is is going on. So you have been very early adopter. Um, so do you have an idea what the future will hold? Um, for me, as I'm quite new to NFTs, I think the sky is the limit. You can do whatever. Like we are talking in the moment and uh, are producing ideas, potential ideas for these products. Do you have an idea how to integrate that with VR or AR, for example, or where are this, these products are leading? I think that we're we we are very much still in the very early days of um, NFTs and this group of tokens. I I still think it's we're pretty much still at day one, and it's the potential of where this is going to go is it won't be something that you'll suddenly see in the next year. It, it will be something that will take the next few years, but you'll start to see. I'm sure NFTs crossing over with with the metaverses and with VR capabilities as well. And I think, you know, VR and AR is going to get a, a lot more powerful in the next decade. The way I see it, like if you want your own art gallery around your house in the future, you might just be wearing some sort of what feel like quite normal glasses and you're able to have your living room or wherever you are with all, all your art collection all around you. And we're, we're obviously not at that point right at the moment, but you can sort of feel with VR, it's it's getting there. And, you know, I, I think I think that that's, that's why I get excited. I, I don't think it's something that will happen in the next year or so, but I think it will happen in the long term. And the thing about NFTs is that they are digital, 
And in my career, every, every time something's gone more digital, whether that's, you know, um, traditional letters replaced with email or email replaced with Slack, as something's got more and more digital, it's, it's got more and more successful. So that's what I think. You'll have far more successful versions of NFTs out there. Yeah, and as, as you're talking about that, I got into my mind that, like you say, the letter was be replaced with emails or Slack or these things. And as more it's getting easier to get connected via these ways, the more people are using this. And I remember there has been a day when a friend of mine told me about Oculus and he said, there is this project and I want to be the first. And he had um, this, this glasses, which are far too big to wear. And um, we were trying the first roller coaster and getting, yeah, bad feelings in the stomach because it was so strange and it was not so, so good a user experience. So I think it's getting better from day to day or from year to year or maybe day. I don't know. So have you done any experiences with um, VR, like with Oculus and, and your NFT art, for example, or at least something like on cyber? I've got my collection on cyber and that's something I'd really recommend any, anyone who's got NFTs or has a wallet with NFTs in that you can very quickly run your whole collection through on cyber And it creates like that whole 3D art gallery. So that's one of the most impressive uses I've seen recently. Have you tried the collaboration on cyber? If I remember right, you can open a room on, on cyber and then you can invite other people to hang their art in your room. Yeah, possibly. I haven't gone into it as much as that. I've just literally just taken my own collection and turned it into an on-cyber. But I would say that the technology is getting there. I agree with you. You know, VR headsets used to make you your stomach churn and they're way too heavy. And I, I did a lot of work on VR when it very first launched in London. And I was sort of showing BBC journalists, you know, this is how VR is going to work. And you needed back then a, a, a huge computer with, you know, the top NVIDIA graphics card to actually do anything. And you, you were sort of tethered to this, this computer. And if you think about it, we've gone from that situation to the Oculus Quest where you get the same experience pretty much without needing a whole PC to tether it to. So. Yeah, as far as I know, the newer uh, version of the Oculus Quest is uh, completed so that I have everything inside of the Oculus and don't need a computer. Yeah, exactly. Sounds, sounds perfect. And um, is there a possibility to enter something like on Cyber, for example, or Decentraland or Sandbox or... How is that working? I think there's potential to have your art collection in, in the metaverse. And I haven't done it myself yet, but I'm sure that there's probably ways that you can do it. But it it's just, at the moment, it's probably just a little bit outside of most people's comfort zones. 
Okay, so I have to start the room um, on cyber. In the last episode, we had some somebody from Misa.art. Uh, it was an art gallery as well. And um, we were talking about the metaverse and cyber, for example. Um, and I tried to, to open a room. And what I'm thinking, what I was asking you with the collaboration idea is to have our CreaToken owner. So one of our NFTs is a CreaToken. And if you have a CreaToken, you have access to some things which other people from outside the community don't have. So one idea is to open these metaverse rooms on cyber and then invite people with a Korea token to come into the room and put their art on the wall as well. So everybody who has a Korea token can then um, put an, an, an NFT art from Korea Tokyo on the wall and, for example, one additional which must not have been bought on Korea Tokyo, for example. So they can showcase maybe other art. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. That sounds like a great way to connect people to their collections and other people as well. So Yeah, and to have a good profit from you here in our show, maybe you can help us. What is the secret ingredient to a successful PR strategy? So have you an idea what we can do as Creatokia? We are a platform which is dedicated to literature and we are saying, for example, literature is a true metaverse because everything you can imagine in a metaverse has been imagined by people writing books in the past. So this is one of our claims to say literature is a true metaverse. But do you have any successful PR strategy where you say this is the secret ingredient which might be missing for you? Well, I always look at a PR campaign as uh, having sort of three key strands. So first of all, thinking about what your objectives are and then your strategy, and then what tactics you're going to use. And so that uh, that process I call OST. And so you, you want to think initially, okay, what do we want to be achieving with Creatophia? And wh where you want it to be, where you want the end result to end up, and to think quite carefully through those objectives. And then you can step back a bit on strategy and say, okay, so what are we going to do to actually meet those objectives and, and to get ourselves out there? So only then can you think about specific tactics that you're going to use to um, also achieve those those goals. So that's probably my first top tip is is just to kind of go OST and think about what you're going to do in, in that manner. And how important do you think is the community? So most of the projects are doing that by having a Discord server. Do you think it's one key essence? Yeah, it is a key element that you need within the NFT community. It does seem that Discord is the chosen channel, Telegram as well sometimes. Yes, those those two are the, are the key really. Yeah, thanks for that help. So maybe before we wrap up this story for today, you have any favorite projects in the moment where you say this is a very, very nice idea of integrating NFTs into whatever kind of product? Yeah, I've just been looking at Million on Mars. That's a really great project where they are a virtual game where you can end up buying specific space on Mars. And that looks really interesting. And there's quite a lot of potential with it. They're also, I've, I think ultimately, they, they want to even try to get human beings for real onto Mars. So it, it's got very sort of lofty aims. 
and it's well worth looking into. So that that's a project I've been really impressed by recently. And it's uh, the URL milliononmars.com. Yeah, that's right. A play-to-earn platform with NFTs and based on Solana, if I remember right. Yeah, it's, it's based on Wax and, and Solana. So they're just in the process of moving over to Solana as well. So thanks. I have to try my step on Mars, <laughs> maybe in the evening. Thanks. One of the things that I've done with uh, Bitcoin is when my daughter was born three years ago, I placed a little advert in the paper saying congratulations on her birth. Um, but I also decided at the last minute to add a Bitcoin wallet address. And I said, you know, if you want to donate to a college fund, then here's the crypto address. And that got donations from all over the world, anonymous donations. I got no idea where they were coming from, but into her little uh, sort of wallet. And it raised uh, just over one Bitcoin. So um, she's now got $40,000 for her college fund. And I'm just I'm just going to leave it where it is and not touch it or dip into it for 18 years. Or I've got another 15 to go now, you know. But uh, that's something that I've done. And it, it's, it's a fun sort of real experiment to see how much a uh, college fund would be worth in the future. But if I'm right, I think crypto and blockchain and everything else is going to be a, a key part of the future of, of technology. I think that fund will do really well. So so I'm just coddling it and I'm not selling it and I'm just sort of seeing what will happen there. So. Perfect. Good luck with that. Great, great story. When I, when I was born, Apple and Nike both went public the same week, the year I was born. So, you know, it's never too late to kind of think quite far ahead in the future and sort of think, okay, well, what, what should I be investing in now that one day will be worth sort of fortunes, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I like the optimism. It's a good way to end the podcast. Basically, I just want to say thanks, Peter. It's been great to have you. And thanks for, for chatting to us about all your experiences and thoughts and also where you think things are heading. I think that's obviously something that we're, we're all fascinated by. And this is still so new. So your thoughts and your insights were really, really valuable. And uh, yeah, we really enjoyed chatting to you. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. <laughs> and good luck with all your projects as well. Yeah. All the best and um, and uh, uh, let's stay in touch. Okay. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Same from me. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Thank you. Cheers, Carsten. So, Carsten, uh, it was great to talk to Peter. I thought it was a really good conversation, touching on many, many things as we always do. But um, it was great, wasn't it? Yeah, and it's great to see how broad this is for him with mixing art and PR and all these topics. So I'm very curious to see what the future of him will, will, will show us. Yeah, exactly. 
And so I think that's it for today's episode. And as always, I just wanted to, well, thank you for listening. First of all, um, please stay subscribed to Creatokia. And uh, if you haven't already, you can always check out more about the Creatokia platform and the NFTs we have um, by looking at our website, creatokia.com. There's also a newsletter there. So please subscribe to that to get really regular updates. And join our Discord. And join our Discord. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And please also feel free to give us some good ratings on your podcast catches or apps like Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you can give us good ratings. We would appreciate it. But yeah, Discord, always um, come and have a, a look and, and join in the Discord community. So, Carlton, great stuff. And well, I think that's it for, for now. And we'll probably speak to each other again next week. Yes, I'm sure. Thank okay. you. Thanks, Carlton. Bye. Bye. Bye.